Hi, you're listening to another sermon from Deep Creek Anglican Church. Every day, there are 8.5 billion Google searches. Every day. With the amount of tabs I have opened on my phone, probably I account for a good number of those. 8.5 billion. Every day, 7,000 people become Christians. That turns out to be something like, if my maths is any good, one point something or other million per year. Tell me if I'm wrong later. That means every minute, five people are asking the question, what is Christmas really about? And they're finding the answer, Jesus, and they're saying, thank you. What would it take to go from 8.5 billion searches to five people every minute saying yes to Jesus? What would it take for you to move from the noise and busyness and overwhelming floods of information that come our way to saying yes to Jesus. While Joseph didn't have the opportunity to Google, he couldn't Google what do fiancé unfaithful. He couldn't Google quiet, quick divorce, Nazareth. He couldn't Google what to do, broken heart. But we see Joseph saying yes to God because Joseph receives a revelation in a dream from an angel. Now, in some parts of the world, and particularly in the Muslim world, dreams about Jesus are not an uncommon way for people to come to know him. But that's not my experience, and it might not be yours. So if we don't get an angel or a dream, what is it about that first Christmas story that can help us say yes in the midst of those 8.5 billion searches? Well, I think that the clue is in the two names given for the baby, Jesus and Emmanuel. God with us, he will save his people from their sins. So let's have a think about the second one first, 
Emmanuel, comes from the prophecy in Isaiah, and it wouldn't necessarily have been something that the Jewish nation would have expected to apply to a baby in what we now call the first century AD, or perhaps the end of the first century BC. There was no expectation that a baby or a human being would come and claim to be God. I think there was an understanding that maybe it applied to a Messiah, but it was so uh, vague, hard to know what would it mean. But Emmanuel, God with us, the promise comes to Joseph. He wakes up and he says yes. His heart prepares God and the baby Jesus' room. Now, for me, that promise that Jesus is God with us brings me into a truth that is mind-boggling. I uh, love a bit of poetry privately. Um, No one really enjoys me reading it out loud to them. I don't know why. Um, But a favourite is a fellow called Jared Manley Hopkins. And uh, he looked around at the blue sky and it reminded him of the blue that we often see the Virgin Mary wearing in uh, religious art. And so he wrote a poem called The Blessed Virgin Compared to the Air We Breathe. He says uh, that she minds me, the, the, um, the air and the, uh, the sky minds me in many ways of her who not only God's, gave God's infinity dwindled to infancy, welcome in womb and breast, birth, milk and all the rest, but, he says, provides a welcome for all because of Jesus. <clears throat> he says, uh, in, so God was God of old. A mother came to mould those limbs like ours, which are what must make our day star much dearer to mankind, whose glory bare would blind or less would win man's mind. Through her we may see him made sweeter, not made dim, and her hand leaves his light sifted to suit our sight. The stable was this moment of mind-blowing dwindling of infinity to infancy. All of God's glory suddenly contained in this stable, in this baby. Now, I don't know whether you've ever seen Doctor Who. If not, where have you been? Uh, It's been going for a billion years. Uh, But, of course, the TARDIS is well known for being bigger on the inside, This is kind of the amazing thing. Every new companion walks in and goes, oh, wow, this does not look like the size of a blue police box. 
or the first, the first description of something bigger on the inside didn't come from Russell T. Davies or, of course, many writers far earlier than him. C.S. Lewis, in the Narnia Chronicles, writes about a stable. And as the children who have grown walk into this stable in one of the final books, they look around and they say, it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And one of the children from uh, Earth says, back in our land, we also had a stable that was bigger on the inside than it was on the outside. And she means, of course, that the Bethlehem manger, the stable where Jesus was laid, was so much bigger than anyone could fathom because God's infinite glory suddenly was born into a tiny, helpless baby. God contracted to a span, as Charles Wesley would say, or infinity dwindled to infancy so that God's glory might not blind us, but that he can win our hearts. So this stable, huge God, but God with us. Uh, this year at Deep Creek, we've been uh, doing some parenting courses and we're going to start doing them a little more often. Um, of course, I'm a parenting of teens expert, not having a teenager myself. That makes you uh, the expert if you've read a book or done some training. Um, ask me in a few years and see whether I still uh, believe in all the things I've been teaching. But what I love about this course is that it's built on the uh, foundation of something called Bids for Connection. The idea is that uh, every one of us, every day, is putting out a bid for connection as we go about our daily life with those around us. And for teens, it starts to look quite different maybe than it used to look when a child would uh, climb up onto your lap or hold your hand. Uh, maybe you think the teen no longer wants to be connected because what you see is a, a, a teen coming in and <sighs> sighing or throwing their bag, looking at you and walking off. I don't know. I haven't got to that point yet. I'll let you know. I may never get to that point. Just, yeah, she's smiling. Um, you all heard, you all saw that. Nevertheless, the teen, although they're not sitting on the lap and holding the hand, is still making a bid for connection because every single one of us needs to be, longs to be connected. In fact, those that uh, kind of write some of the psychology that, that underpins this course and others, a uh, fellow called John Gottman and uh, uh, Henry Siegel, they say that the, the deepest need for every human being, teenagers not excluded, is connection. 
and the deepest fear of every human being, teenagers not accepted, is separation. That's why peer pressure feels so awful because uh, you are, the threat is that you will be separated from those that are supposed to provide you with connection. So this bid for connection and this fear of separation lives in each one of us and inside this huge manger, God says, I connect with you. Your fear of separation, your fear of separation from each other, from yourself, from me, I am with you. I will never leave you. I am here. God with us. Now, we always like to recreate the Christmas story when we do um, our celebrations. And the risk is, of course, that uh, when you do that, you sort of give the brain this idea that it's just about rehearsing an historical story. And so you can say, well, I can, I can see how Joseph could say yes to God because he was right there. Jesus was there. Jesus was literally with him. But what about us? A lot of time has passed since then. Did the story start and end with those two videos? Well, Matthew's gospel does this incredible thing with the Christmas story. It doesn't start with the birth of Jesus. It starts actually with the birth of the entire Jewish nation with Abraham. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That's Matthew 1.1. And it has an ending too. Matthew, well, you might know it, but the end of Matthew actually uses the word end as though he were planning this all along. But the end is not the end of an historical story. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Something about Jesus Emmanuel, this baby born in a manger, conceived of the Holy Spirit, God with us, means that the story of Christmas is not for then. It is forever. 
Jesus says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. There is no human being for whom God is not with you. And it doesn't matter whether you've lived a perfect life, whether you've been seeking him, whether you're religious, whether you've taken communion enough times this year. God with us is Jesus. God will save from sin through him. No perfection required. No living up to the potential that you were given when you were born into an amazing family and all that education. It's okay. God is with us sinners. John Wesley, um, a famous minister, um, brother of Charles Wesley, who wrote that hymn that said um, Jesus was God contracted to a span. When he was on his deathbed, the story goes that his last words were, the best of all is God with us. The best of all is God with us. Christmas is not an historical story for them and then. It is God with us sinners now and always.